Wine Monk, Arizona Wine Podcast by Cody Vladimir Burkett. Hey guys, welcome again to another fun-filled episode of the Arizona Wine Monk. At least I'm assuming it's going to be fun-filled. That's usually pretty fun, right guys? Yes. I'm here with Cammie Barnella and Kimberly Mayer from Decktown Cellars, who uh, was on the last podcast that I posted, although uh, whether this will be the next one I post is a very good question because Q's and A's. Mostly answers, some questions. Um, I'm rambling, but this is normal. Tonight's subject is Barbera. So we have Barbera from uh, all over the world, and by all over the world I mean Italy, California, and Arizona. The three Arizona Barberas that we have open currently are actually all coming from Fort Bowie Vineyards, um, but they're all from three different winemakers. So we're starting off with the um, 2010 Michel Chiaro Barbera da Asti uh, Superiore from Le Orme. So I guess uh, from what the I was reading, uh, Superiore tends to be a little bit darker, a little bit more dense. A little more um, extracted because of the soil there, I think. This is where I'm kicking myself for not looking into Piedmont geology right now. Because <laughs> well, I know the geology is open. It just so happened. What's that? Uh, I know the geology of Fort Bowie, but not right. Piedmont. Well, I don't know if that's going to pop right up, by the way. I do know that uh, Piedmont has, well, obviously that's their highest uh, production of grape is the Barbera. At least it used to be. I think it still is. I mean... It had a little hiccup there for a while. I mean, you know, Barolo can only wait, take you so far because you've got to wait forever to drink it. That's true, and these are normally best within five years or so. This one's a 2010, though. Yeah, and so we may... still smells very light and creamy and fruity and... So those Italians, they're magic. Yes. <laughs> magic, I tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got a sort of creamy... Like a creamy vanilla scent too, yeah. but being a 2010, I would have thought... Well, this is I'd much younger. A lot more, yeah, a lot more of the oak out of it instead of the oak essence and vanilla from the oak, so... You're getting a little bit of um, herbaceousness under there, but I'm not detecting any fruit at all. No, I was just, I thought the herb too, but I'm trying to figure out if there's a specific, specific herb, but I can't really, please it's just, it's the, herby. Maybe time? Herby. There's a name for him. Herby. 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 Well, according to, oh, I don't know if I was on the right page, hello. So, according to the Wine Folly book, because we have books of, this may actually, unfortunately, slash fortunately, be the most scholarly of podcasts <laughs> we've ever done. Instead of going hardcore off the rails, as they always tend to do. Um, according to the Wine Folly uh, flavor chart for Barbera, the common herbal floral notes are iris, lavender, black pepper, licorice, dried herbs, vanilla. I'm going to go with vanilla and dried herbs. I'm not really detecting any licorice or anise. Mm -hmm. No black pepper, maybe some lavender. 
I'm getting some lavender on it. But no fruit at all.
St. Paisia's monastery uh, have Barbera. Um, St. Uh, Anthony's blends it with Dolcetto to make their communion wine, so it's mostly Dolcetto. Um, it's super sweet, though. Like, super coyly sweet. Um, and then St. Paisia's is pure Barbera. Do they make it communion wine sweet so everyone will like it? Mm, I don't or is know. Is there a reason why? The reason why is that's kind of the old original style for okay. wine, for one. And for two, uh, the way communion is done in the Orthodox churches uh, just before the chalice is brought out. And as it's transformed into the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, in the Orthodox church, it's mixed with the bread. So you put the bread into the chalice with the wine. Mm. And then you bring it out with a, a spoon, basically little pieces. But on top of that, also, you mix it with hot water. And the hot water mixes with the sugars and the sweet wine in a way that actually evens out the flavor and it doesn't, like, it seems screw like it up, basically. I don't know. I'm, all I know is that whenever I, I take communion at St. Paisius, my usual thought process is like, oh, this is good. They did a really good vintage this year. Versus <laughs> actually focusing on this is the body and blood of Christ. It's just like... And then immediately it's like, Cody, you're an asshole. <laughs> you say asshole when you're in church, in your head. In, in my head. I usually say it out loud. Unless I'm going to confession and I say, Brother Jeffrey. I was an asshole. I was Five an asshole times again. Last week. <laughs> I was an asshole again today. And I'll be like, what did you do this time? It's been 10 asshole days since my last confession. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually. The book, the the last novel that I was just reading, uh, the Library of Mount Char has this great exchange where um, one of the main characters is telling the other person like you have to do you know this and this and this and this is you know and then he's like well and from a Buddhist perspective that that would be totally you know against you know what the Buddha said to do mm -hmm. and and she says you know oh you're a Buddhist and then his reply is no I'm an asshole but at least I try. <laughs> Which is kind of my approach to Christianity. Is uh, are you Christian? No, I'm an asshole, but I'm trying. <laughs> I was reading somewhere recently that Barbera is popping up a lot more in Washington and Oregon, which really surprised me, considering. Um, huh. With their soil. Yeah, but just finding a, you know, because it's such a, a workhorse of a grape yeah. that it can grow in a lot of places, but it needs to be like in the middle kind of ground, and I think that's why it works out so well down at Wilcox, but... Well, um, I could see it doing well in southern Oregon, because I know that there is one winery down there. Actually, there's a couple of different wineries down there that I know that are growing things like Pempernillo and Albarino. Yeah. Uh, and that that sort of location, Barbera would make sense. That would make sense near um, And uh, eastern Washington, especially, is, I guess they're prone to roans. Ah, roans. Prone to roans. Anyway, um, that would be a great name for a wine. Sounded like you were saying Cote Rome. Oh, prone to roans. <laughs> this was all prone to roans. Prone to roans. Yeah, it was CGA. Yes. What's that? Oh, it's... I we want to compare the two, like side by side, side by side, like side, side by side. I'm gonna pour side by side by side. Uh 
side by side by side by side. We've got enough classes for that to actually, actually. But that would be a lot. Well, it's going to be harder to pull it off in minutes.
The Lily's Market. The Lily's Market. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and they have some amazing wines in there for I, their prices. And also, and not only that, they have, if this is the same place I'm thinking of, they have like a 2001 from Ken Callaghan. Yeah. And I actually like yeah. took a picture of it and he's like, I, I said like, would this still be good in this condition? He's like, uh, I'm you don't know how they've been stored, but they've been there. There was one, now Anthony is probably going to hear this at some point and he's going to, you know, exactly what I'm talking about and I can't think of the name of it, but um, we found like a 2006, um, I'll think of it, um, because I actually gave my bottles to Jim Wiskersen um, for helping me out with some stuff and every single time I gave him one he was like, this is the best one ever, <laughs> this is so great. And I bought him out. At Lily's? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I haven't had any of his wines yet. How are they? Yeah, Jim's? Yeah. They're very good. They're very big and bold and um, he likes them really um, big and rich. That's what you call them, big and rich. I, I'm surprised he's able to get that flavor from Sedoya because it's... Yeah. He goes really, I go really light and he goes really big. Yeah. So that's why we can stand the, next to each other. The only time I, I've seen his wines for sale is at Superstition and they're they're just out of my price range. And, and he has them at uh, Art of Wine now too. Okay, okay. I have to check there. Yeah, um, that's that's the only thing that I've heard is that the price point on his are, are a lot higher. So. Well, but it's just, yeah, you know, that's, right. that's perfectly fine, that's but it's harder for me to... Spring, you know, the next year I'm actually going to keep track of all my wine expenses starting tomorrow. And I'm going to write them off because I can technically do that. It's all my research. There you go. Which I don't know why. Well, I started doing it this year and then I slacked off in March and couldn't pick up. In March. That's <laughs> alright. Well, for, as, as far as resolutions go, I mean, what happened was I got really sick and I just lost some of my paperwork for it, and it's like, okay, whatever, fine. Yeah. I haven't tasted the, the new one yet. I'm almost getting a little bit of tobacco on the nose, too. Like a pipe tobacco. I guess I should throw out there that Jim makes jaw sellers, because we're assuming that people that are listening <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Jim, yeah. they know me, he's sellers, jaw. That's, yeah, that's sorry, good. guys. There you go, Jim. That gets me a bottle, right? <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. That's the case. The Jawbone one is so good. <laughs> I love it. What's our song? Jawboner. Jawboner. <laughs> because in the square, it was, it's like Jawbone Red, but mm. the ED is it not like on it, so it says Jawboner. Um, <laughs> when you try to sell it. So we have to make so, it into a song. Mm -hmm. He enjoyed it. So what are you getting on this one now? I'm definitely getting that anise and licorice on the palate. Yeah. Sour cherry. Mm -hmm. Black cherry. It's all the stuff you didn't get from Ken. Yeah. That they like this list. Like, yeah. You know, like the you will find this. It well, seems like it's every. Maybe opposite. that's what. Well, I don't know. So maybe that's what more time and oak did to that one, but that's what this means. Or just more age in general. Maybe. Yeah. Which, you know, that's the case. A lot of reds will lose some of those fruit. Well, it comes and goes with some, but others yeah, it's definitely a, a plateau. Because it's different, you know, different. And also different wine maker. But it, it's, yeah. Well, and it's funny how different grapes actually do that, because my Valsorio pulls out now a lot more 
oak value to it, even though I did that in neutral oak. And but now opening those bottles, she could pour that oak smell to it, which is like, wow, okay, that's awesome. Even last year it was pulling. Last year it was pulling it. This year it's pulling even more. It's like, it's in a good way. Yeah. Because I didn't want it to overpower the oak. But that checkmate I kept in there for yeah. over two years, so I'm anxious to see what you think about I'm that. I'm looking forward to drinking that. Yeah. The, the, I don't know if you saw the, the commentary I did on the, the Salvatore Merlot from uh, Rolling View. Um, that was an oak for just shy of two years. Oh, yeah. Um, just shy, like 18 months, 19 months. New, probably newer oak than new. I did. Yeah, they did really neutral. So. But um, then we bottle-aged it for like... A ridiculous amount of time too. I can't remember offhand, but I'm really good at remembering the flavor of every single wine I've had. I can't remember all the side details <laughs> of the production. That's saying something. To remember every single flavor profile of all those wines. Yeah, it's a superpower. I can't remember where I put my keys though. Satisfying mouthfeel, or uh, I think it was more a good a, to start off with. I wonder uh, what it tastes like, you know, because it, I think the, the acidity on this one probably just our palate, a little yeah. Bit. yeah. We need waters, coffee, or, or coffee grounds, too, or my vegan chocolates. Ooh, <laughs> oh, yeah, can you bring a knife? Yeah, because we'll chop up this awesome. I'm actually gonna love this. Here to compare these is kind of a benchmark across the board. It's grounds, right. so I'll just put a little in the cup. So next up is the Boeger 2012 Barbera El Dorado. This is big. It's 15 percent. Ooh, yowzer! Which is huge for Barbera. Uh, so reading the back of the labor, the we labor. Do the lighter ones first. Well, the thought was kind of, we were doing, the plan was kind of doing Arizona last. Oh, gotcha. Okay, there we go. To kind of compare them all side by side. But if, if we want yeah, to search, we can. Yeah, that works good. Uh, so, 2012 Barbera Alvarado. Award-winning Barbera since 1975. Roeger Winery, one of the first and most respected contemporary producers of California Barbera. Likes you to try our rich, full-bodied, flavorful flagship wine. Roeger is California Barbera. So this is from Placerville, California. So there's a fun story about how I got this bottle. So I had a tasting room moment with uh, a gentleman who is a winemaker in uh, Central California, but he's also the research coordinator for the uh, canonical assembly of Orthodox bishops in America. So he's a, a you know an Orthodox guy like me. So he comes into the tasting room and. He looks at, you know, I had a pain of St. Paisius and looks and says, is that St. John Maximovich? And I'm like, 
No, it's St. Paisius of, uh, from Serbia. Wait, you've never seen John Maximovich? So we started bonding over Orthodox stuff and wine stuff and had a lot of fun. Yeah. Then uh, he came back the next year and brought this bottle, and we, I, he's like, you know, we just shared a couple of uh, bottles with him and his friend that were staying in, down the road. And, ooh, all three pieces for me? This is a... Oh, Anna's thing. You're sorry, but this is a almond joint, just a treat. So anyway, he, he said, you know, when the next time they are like, I want to taste the the best thing you have in your cellar of the, your best stores on the Serrano, your best stores on the Tempranillo, your best stores on the Tanat. So it's like, okay, so I brought the Uncle Tanat uh, from Tumbleweed. I brought, um, for Tempranillo, I brought an Aguilon from uh, Los Cabezas. And for the Syrah, um, I didn't have that many Syrahs in my cellar, but I had the one that Passion Cellars was producing at the time, the Syrah 417. Uh, which was a blend of Syrah from Calibri and um, Coronado. So anyway, he, he, it was, it was, it was partly, um, it was like 5% Calibri fruit. So uh, he gave me this bottle in exchange, and, which was good because this was two years ago, and I've been planning this Barbera podcast for two years now. <laughs> two Fucking years. Pardon my language. Remember last year I had to postpone because I yeah. saved myself from a tornado. Yeah, you need to tell that story, actually. <laughs> Go ahead and finish your story first. Well, that was, that was the, the story. So anyway, he gave me this bottle and now we're drinking it. Nice. So, oh, last year we so thank you, Alexi. This podcast, but I spent the day after Christmas holding on to my brother's ankles as we were being blown around in a tornado. <laughs> okay, well, maybe it wasn't that, but... <laughs> his house was destroyed. He just got back in. They just oh, got back in right after Thanksgiving and spent Christmas back in the house. And <laughs> Sorry, bro. Freaked out about him the next day. <laughs> I was. would. <laughs> I was <laughs> freaking out the next day. Uh -huh. I him just to sit in the closet all day. I know. Possibly. He has his own. He has his own. Oh. You should name oh. him Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's, that reminds me. <laughs> so Sam commented on an Instagram picture of me the other day with um, Isla and her friend who was visiting Pope. like, I'm so jealous because you're always around these pretty girls. It must be that skirt you wear. Stella, <laughs> <laughs> you can start wearing the skirt. <laughs> <laughs> can I borrow it? <laughs> no, you don't get it from the table. Uh, so, Kami. <clears throat> Sorry for I had to breathe there for a moment. We really need to learn how to... Did you have another salami? No. I actually was choking on water that time. Okay. I need to learn how to actually like drink and breathe not at the same time. <laughs> You'd think at 32 
I have this handle? <laughs> Not so much. What do you mean this one? I haven't gotten to it yet, but... Neither, neither that one either. Big. What um, year is it? 2012. Oh. High alcohol. Very. Just by the nose. Just by the nose, yeah. Smell the one out in the glass quite a bit. Um, when it was first poured, it was very pow on the nose. Definitely that alcohol just took away the nose. Definitely sort of a high licorice, tar, heavy oak influence, heavy oak influence, and hot, both spicy hot on the nose, it smells like, the kind, yeah. like red pepper flakes almost, like chili pepper flakes, Definitely. but also hot as in terms of alcohol. This might benefit from decanting, actually. I think it would definitely benefit from decanting because it's already helped it out a little bit, just blowing some of that off. I have my glass. One of those little areas. Ooh, yes! That it, it's up there by all my bamboo things by the stove. Oh, will you turn off my stove, too? <laughs> that would probably be a good Thanks. thing. Than, than the last. So, 
I got, before I aerated it, um, a sort of a cherry, raspberry, lots of licorice, a little bit of tar, a little bit of lavender, um, there's another note there, I'm trying to remember the name for it, or the normal people name for it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a type of pipe tobacco, basically, a, a little bit of a tobacco. So now, well, I gotta pour this close to the mic because it makes a cool noise! <laughs> it's so much fun. Well, yeah, it's like a. No. No, I didn't like this one the best. I thought that she said I really like this one. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that one. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> you have to do it twice. I have to, just because it's such a fun noise. The... You should just say, you did that with your mouth, not with that. You should be like... <laughs> I mean, I can do an imitation of it, like... <laughs> but... No, I'm, I'm, did you want to taste it with the aerator and see if it's Sure, changed? I'll see if that helps it. I, I'm sure it probably does a little bit, but... I'll let Because you just really want to pour that in the beer. Well, yeah, kind of, but... Do my <laughs> So, I used to have one of these, but uh, I made the mistake of bringing it into the tasting room. I used them in the tasting room and it disappeared. So I'm thinking someone stole it. Did it look an awful lot like that one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, you know, I'm not saying <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, every time I complain, right? Why don't you have this? She's like, I'm in fucking trouble with you. I'm like, I don't want to go up the hill. That's so far. That's so funny. <laughs> But, um, no, either that or one of my coworkers broke it and threw it away and didn't want to tell me or didn't know, but. I like it better aerated, that's for sure. The nose is definitely more herbaceous now. It reminds me more of the nose of the 2010, um, now that it's aerated. Hmm. I mean, there's still high alcohol and there's spice, but it's more herby like that. Definitely pulls off more herbaceous values. Yeah. But it still smells like wicked alcohol. Yeah, there's something about it that's just not. Maybe with the right foods, this would go really well with cutting through some really mm. maybe. You know, okay. that's that's what it means. It's some really some some component on the other end would make this wine just really go. Yeah, there, there. It gave you an excuse to go eat some of your salami. <laughs> I already dumped it. I'm going to do a little shit. <laughs> Did that work? <laughs> Once more? Yeah. It's okay. That didn't work super well. No. Not as well as you would something, think. Something. Like mentally it would have worked like killer but it but you just had salami i can i can't even attest to that one i don't yeah. know what would it do with your almond joy <laughs> for science uh-huh this is for science it is just to take the chocolate out of it 
chocolate brings on anything. That helped it. This was a coconut macaroon. And then a... It does work much better with the... Um, with the chocolate. Sweet. With mm -hmm. the sweet fat instead of the meat fat. Mm -hmm. See, everything goes better with the vegan. Did you try my cookie? Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> and drink a lot of wine. And drink a lot of wine. And 
No, I did that. Oh, you did? I said, here's the paperwork. <laughs> and I did. It didn't bother me. I don't mind doing, you know, pouring out in the kitchen. Hey, I have, I made spaghetti. Nice. And we have cookies. And you can lay down, buddy. Very light and floral. It's almost a return to, well, it is a return to the uh, 14 style. Yeah, because it, it's a 13. This one's a 13. Excuse me. Out of what's no longer there, Fort Bowie. Yeah, Fort Bowie of blessed memory, or cursed memory, depending on who you ask. Um, There's a lot of great parts to, to Fort Bowie, especially on the um, the eastern side, so that whole lot. It was really, it had a, a lot of potential. Everything about that vineyard was, was just so sad to have seen it gone. You still haven't been up to Calibri? Is that what Not I heard yet. you say on that last podcast? I still haven't been to Calibri. You've got to get up to it. I know. I need to. One of these days. You've I seen need, the pictures. I have. Stuff. And it's beautiful. And stuff, but. I need to. I need to sit down or walk the field and get a feel of the layout and the geography and the geology. And if it weren't for Colibri and Eric Lossi, I out of the cellars and realizing they came right from that vineyard. And no matter how much I've worked before with um, uh, the songs, studying for their song exams, and learning about them all in each region, to experience that finally, you know, you read about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can do that. I can tell you that's Italian, or I can tell you that's French, that's, oh, no, that's from Spain. You get really good at that, but then when you finally do it yourself right there in your homeland, and yeah, you're standing exactly. on and the vineyard that you've been working in, I that was just such an aha moment. <laughs> Either I'm really tired, <laughs> or but did this wine come from that vineyard? No. And Glossy looked at me and he goes, Oh, Kimberly, you just pulled it out of the cellar here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> and from that day on, I always I knew, I knew that I wanted to do the whole gamut. So, so tell us a little bit about the process of uh, Hail to the Queen, as well as, of course, the, the origin of the name, because that's always an entertaining story. You love speaking of Sam. You love he's, he's, he's a, he snarks at me all the time. I snark back at him. It's, it's, it's wonderful, wonderful banter. Well, it's funny, because right, um, right after making that re uh, revelation with Eric working in the vineyard, um, we were driving around checking out the grapes during harvest in the, the bricks levels at the different vineyards and we were going through um, uh, McLaughlin's vineyard. Mm -hmm. um, um, yes, Dragoon. I don't know why I couldn't think that for a second. Uh, Dragoon, we were going through there and uh, Sam and I were tasting the symphony grapes and testing those bricks levels and all that and so uh, <laughs> we hit it off just Im immediately. Hit it off. Like best friends from the first second that I met him and uh, that's where the whole commingling juices story comes in too, but <laughs> uh, we just can't let it go because it's still funny to see the look on people's faces when we tell them that we commingle our juices. They don't know we mean that. They don't mean that we the juices for, to check the bricks levels of the grapes, but we just kind of stop the story there just to see how people do. But <laughs> It's pretty fun. We hit it off right away. But after that, I when I did the Barbera, everybody thought that I should blend it. 
it's a, it's a grape that most people blend. Yeah. Even this one's blended with a Syrah, and most of the time you do see them blended. Very rarely do people even know what a Barbera is because they don't blend them. Or they, they, don't, they don't see them unblended, I should say that. I've noticed that that's changing, though. I've had when the last days when we had the mm -hmm. Salvatore Barbera in the tasting room. We're like, oh, you have a Barbera? I love Barbera. Um, I, and it was just suddenly, all of a sudden, it's like some collective consciousness happened that I wasn't aware of living under a rock on a mountain. It was me. Or maybe it was Kimmy. <laughs> okay. uh, where suddenly it's like, everyone's like, oh, do you have, and I've had people actually come into the room now and ask, do you have a Barbera? And I'm just like, no, we, we did. We did. Well, in Arizona, too, nobody was doing a 100% Barbera, and I... Pulled this one when it came off the presses. I, I didn't want to press it. I didn't wanted to do free run with it. I loved the way it tasted right out of the thing. And I know we're gonna keep it. And so I told Sam, I'm doing a straight Barbera. And he goes, Well, in Sam's way, well, hail to the queen. Hail to the queen. And I was like, Well, you know, <laughs> kind of like that. And went with that. Um, and it also works well with the chesty. Well, exactly. And that's the other part that went really well with the chesty. And then to go with that. And then if you see that the queen has the king and the chuckle. Yep. Um, Anthony knows the whole story behind all of that. We'll talk about that later. But um, it's pretty funny that the whole thing kind of all worked together with the five-move chess game on the label. So it worked out pretty fun. So did you play chess yet in one? Uh, no. I you, continuously lose. You're supposed lose. to, like, I got all the bottles for you here now. You I know, but the problem is I continuously play against people who are better at chess than I am. Not when you have all five of these bottles up next to you. You have a five-move chess game and you'll win. And you just... Make them think that they're just drinking a bunch of wine. And they'll know that you just keep checking the labels. I think it's because you're just my guy. Hey, can you pass me the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? My queen just put your king in checkmate? How did that happen? Sips checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> Drops Mike. <laughs> I'm not actually going to drop the mic because A, I have to get out of the chair, and B, that's effort. See, <laughs> that's money. And, and, and yeah. <laughs> So then I took that and did that same Barbera with the Sangio and pressed them and put them in Evelyn. Yep. And I brought Evelyn for us to try too, but uh, since we're going to try to blend those as well. You got an area to get uh, So very light on the nose, very delicate. I still sometimes get that, and it still cracks me up. I still get watermelon jolly ranch in yeah. for some reason. And it, it's it's got it, it definitely does have a more watermelon note to the nose than, than the others have had so far. Yeah, yeah. so more of a and it's sweet a, but not sweet. It has that jolly creature. It's a, almost like fake watermelon, but in a good way. That's where I say that the jolly rancher part comes uh -huh. out. I don't know why. I, and oh, it's totally. but it's still bubbly on her. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. And this definitely is a return to that nice Italian style. The style, I think because our region here is so amazing, and that's what their soil has started to do, and I think that's why I, I start to think that between Sanchovese and Barbera, I think those are the two of the premier grapes in Arizona because of um, our soils and the Sanchovese, definitely. Um, I think Barbera, there needs to be more planted in order to really make a, a coherent judgment on that. Because mm -hmm. um, the biggest source of Barbera in the state has now been removed right. from play. 
Which is very interesting. Um, and, and the most established. And the most established. So now it's going to take a long time. So now it's Dragoon, but those lines are much, much younger. And it's even even though um, I don't know how old the vines that Maynard's place are for for Barbera. I mean, it's not his place, but one of his Verde Valley vineyards has Barbera, and it can't be more than six years or eight years planted. Um, on top of that, um, the plantings in Dewey from Mayum vineyards. Um, they just planted. So it's going to be three years there. Well, Dewey's going to be a lot different than what we were Exactly. Those are going to be drastically different. The climate that being said, when I lived in Dewey, I remember thinking, gosh, this would be a great place to put a vineyard. Oh, yeah? Um, I lived in Dewey for two years. My parents lived there longer than I did because mostly I was there in breaks from undergrad. I remember looking at those hillsides and, and looking at the soil and feeling it crunching under my hand, it's like, why the? There's no one planting up here. This would be a perfect place for a vineyard. And my, if my parents were hadn't moved, I would have planted a few vines on their property just to see what would happen. But they moved to Cottonwood and now to Phoenix. Well, worse, worse, Sun City West. <laughs> Barbera, you definitely 
in my opinion, we want it on oak as long as possible to mellow it out. The high acidity of the Barbera alone is going to necessitate oak. <laughs> I just don't want the, I think as fragile as the Barbera is in Arizona, you know, fragile mm -hmm. could work for that. I feel that too much oak would overpower it. Exactly. Too much. So I don't, and that's, like just there is a delicate balance. Yeah. You know, I would, I would probably, you know, again, neutral or, you know, second and third year French. Never American. Um, and actually, I, I, for a lot of, my opinion on American oak by and large is, um, uh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's different species of oak, though, because his Arizona oak is coming from Emory White Oak and Gamble Oak, which are different species than uh, most of the oak that's used in your full barrels, um, which is from some species of Missouri, Missouri White Oak, and it's or Missouri Live Oak or something, and that's just too overpowering. Um, it swamps out a lot of flavor. Now, some grapes it works well with and plays well with, like Zin. Um, some cabs. Rioja, Spain uses a lot of American oak for their Tempranillo. It works. But you shouldn't use it for Syrah, never for Grenache, never for Barbera. You know, I would argue even using it for, for Bordeaux, other than maybe Petit Verdot, would be questionable. And even then. Petit Verdot could probably hold up with a bit. Yeah, exactly. I could hold up to it. It could, but I think it would add a layer of something that you don't want at the same time. Potentially. Like that has so much of a punch in it. That's true. That I think adding that oak flavor is just a lot. Now, that being said, up, there are some exceptions that prove the rule. Yeah. Um, like the last rosé that I had from Hops and Vines was a Grenache rosé aged on American oak. And it was weird. <laughs> uh, good weird, not mm -hmm. horrible weird. It's just like, whoa, this is this is really interesting. But you know, in this instance, it works because you know immediately my my first thought was uh, hot wings because um, the flavor and the acidity would work well with like barbecue wings, and the flavor notes of the molasses from the American oak would play very well. Do you want to dip the rosé in <laughs> blue cheese? <laughs> I like dipping just about anything in blue cheese, to be fair. But, uh. I really wanted to dip that rosé in blue cheese. Is it celery and carrots with Yes! <laughs> Extra carrots, because you always skimp on the carrots now. But anyway, it just made me think about it in that certain setting, in that certain style. This, this is the exception that proves the rule of don't age Grenache in American oak. Um, there, yeah. there is one vineyard in Arizona that likes to age everything in new American oak, and I'm not crazy about most of their stuff, but just to be honest, I'm not because that's, for one, it's not my palate. Um, if other people are liking it, then great, but I don't, and that's okay. You're not, you're not trying to sell it to me. Right. You're trying to sell it to everybody else. Right. I mean, I am just one voice, one person with a very, very loud lover mouth um, who never shuts up, clearly. Um, but it's just not my favorite, and I think that there are certain grapes that we should be with and certain grapes that we shouldn't, and that the TLDR of this is don't oak Barbera in American oak. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so. Can't be hungry, right? <laughs> the wizard has spoken. <laughs> the wizard has spoken. <laughs> and shall it be 
going to sneak a little bit of the avalon. See, I'm not dumping any of your stuff, I think. Because <laughs> I like it too much. Mm -hmm. See what stalking does? <laughs> you become friends. Hello? I, I know. Well, so well, she will still tell people I'm her stalker. And I said, you introduce people to, you introduce yourself to people as my stalker. Yeah, but it stopped being stalking when she texted me first. Asking me out for beers. We went, we did, Snoopy, or Sleepy Dog. Uh huh, Snoopy Dog. Snoopy, Snoopy Dog. Snoopy. <laughs> but I was like, that's when it changed from me stalking you to us becoming friends. Because I did not initiate that me yeah, cute. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. You saw your glass? Mm hmm. Yes. You looked in my freezer. Yeah. In your freezer? Yes, it's oh, my glasses. glasses. Oh! I have a whole slew of them. Vines and Hops gave me one too. The other day. We need to go and taste it or try the wines and stuff it. Vines mm -hmm. and Hops. I like the idea of an all Arizona beer place. <laughs> sure. There's so many craft Arizona. Uh, there is. I mean, my favorite place to go to for a brew in the Verde Valley is um, uh, it's called the State Bar. And it's all Arizona beer and all Arizona wine. Nice. And the, the one in Flagstaff is a little bit bigger and has more beers and more wines than... Uh, that reminds me of something else that you and I need to chat about. Somewhere that I need to take you. Oh? Yeah, someplace that you want to go. Calibri? <laughs> <laughs> So when he started stocking the bar with bottles from Passion, we were trying to figure out where the hell we knew each other from. That's hilarious. And then it's finally dawned on us to ask, like, where did you live? Where did you go to grade school? It's like, whoa! <laughs> um, <laughs> you were that guy! You were that guy! That's so cool. That's hilarious. That's so, it, it, Doug and I thought it was pretty funny that the two of us ended up both involved in wine. Which is really awesome. Well, the other fun thing is that uh, another person in our class, uh, grade school and high school, uh, is now working for a wine distribution company in Virginia. So there were three people in this from the same school, in the same, not even the same circle of friends, from three very different groups of friends. We all knew of each other, yeah. saw mm -hmm. each other, yeah. but we all ended up in wine and beer. And someone. Well, Brian is also a lawyer, but hence the name of the state bar. Yeah. Actually. I'm gonna get your picture. Hold on. Get in it. Hold on. Oh wait, hold on. Okay. There we go. Hold that pose. Hold it. Hold it. I'm gonna get a hold of Brian. And work it. And work it. Look it. And you're a sexy tiger. Uh. <laughs> oh my god! It just went went off the deep end. There we go. Now, you get up to the place. I will take you up there. We will make a trip up there. Sometime. The Evelyns mm -hmm. 
smells a lot on the nose, like uh, the 2014 Barbera de Asti. That almost makes me sad. <laughs> no, it's, it's not sad. It's just, uh, it's a very different nose. And if anything, it's more, when I think Italian, there, there's a slew of aromas that I think of off the top of my head, like a certain set of herbs and that sort of thing. And I get that more on Evelyn than I did on the Hail to the Queen. That makes sense because it's Angio. Now, this is funny. The 14 that we said was so high alcohol is only 12.5. Wow. That is crazy. How much but is it? But we didn't say that was so alcohol. We said that one was. At oh, the least. third one. That's yeah. Right. That's right. This is the one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm... And I'm the one... And you're the one... one. Yeah. I was say, it's cheapers. Yeah, I don't know what the alcohol content is on that first one, on the 2010. But this one, mine's 13.9, and this one is... Now, here's a novice wine question that I have. Huh? Uh, 13.5, so by the way. 13.5, okay. Okay. So, the longer it ages, does the alcohol percentage change at all? Minimal? Not Minimal. enough to like, pay attention? Okay. You get a little bit more concentration because yeah. the angel share that evaporates, yeah. but it's not really enough. But not enough to like... And so, it, if it's it a 13.5... Like, it might change it from... Years, it'll be a 13.6 or seven. Like, not... And, and, it affects it more, and it affects it more in barrel... Not enough to be this to the No, because it won't have the license with the... With the um, what you claim on the label for your alcohol content, mm -hmm. that can't drastically change. That's yeah, nice. but you just didn't know yeah. if, if yeah. you let it like hang out. It's it more of a change, change in barrel versus change in model. Oh yeah, so from what I've because you have this much of oxygen yeah. for the cork instead of this much of oxygen. Well, She's putting her hands in the shape of a barrel, by the way. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> Let's hope there's no oxygen getting well, in there. Well, no, but, but more so than but it's still breathe, right. It's a breathable right. vessel. Vessel. Right. Gotcha. And it's not. Breathable vessel. They were a great band in the 60s. <laughs> That's my new band name. Don't, I've already claimed it. <laughs> so the band name that I want to claim someday, and again, would claim if I had any musical talents, whoever outside does not enchant, um, would be fiber optic tumbleweed. And actually, I gave a, a good potential name to Kim, not Kim, Chris, Chris today at Tumbleweed. You're welcome, and thank you, by the way. Uh, yay. They, again, they said to send your love. I know. They grabbed my wand because I haven't been able to get oh, up there. Oh, that's sweet. So I text Cody. I think that one of the things that we've given Chris ideas for a label is to put a big spider on one of them and make the character look like Jeff. Calibri with Jeff 
and a guy from uh, Hungary, and he kept calling him Hungary. That was name. Hungary. Yeah, and uh, he snuck up behind us and pretended like he was a spider on his hand. And we were sitting out on the porch at the Calibre Vineyard at the, the uh, Vineyard House, and I've never seen anybody scream and jump so high. <laughs> and I still laugh so hard just thinking about it. It was pretty funny. So yeah, now he's gonna clobber me for letting the whole world know who this guy is here. The name that I suggested to him, by the way, was uh, Tumblebee Descendant. As opposed to the, the descendants, it's tumbleweed descendant. That's funny. And have Jesus coming or, or a tumbleweed, just like with a halo. Uh-huh. With its arms outstretched, potentially. That's really cool. So what I've poured for Kim and myself, and... Yeah. Wait, I poured... You're smelling Evelyn. No, I poured more hail. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I haven't drunk yet, please. so yeah. I figured I'm going to drink the good stuff. Yeah. Um, is I made you pour, this is my other, this is my second favorite. The barbarian. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> but, so this is the fancy foreign language blend uh, from Chateau Tumbleweed. Yeah. Now, by the way, I absolutely, I, I say this every single fucking time I drink a Tumbleweed wine on a podcast and write about it. Is I love that all the information that I could ever want I to harass a winemaker about is on there. No, I agree. So I'm not like waiting like six months for Rob Hamelman to respond. <laughs> Whenever I do one of his, I'm like, wow, I'm guessing. <laughs> How was this made? Was a barrel fermented? Was this a barrel fermented rosé? Still waiting on the answer for that, by the way. Um, <clears throat> you know. Everything I could ever want to know or ask about, other than type of yeast that was used, which could change, which is something that I'm going to focus more on learning about this year uh -huh. because you know. And they do switch up the yeast because last time I was in there, or yeah, maybe the last time I was in there, like they had the same grapes but two different yeasts. And yeah. So when I was in there, I tasted that too. Chris was like, "Come back here! I'm doing some punch downs, and I want you to smell it." And so like I went back there. I know, she was I love like, that smell. Yeah, she was like, I just want you to like, we're doing two different yeasts, and it's the same grape. And she was like, I just want you to like see the difference, and like, and I was like, this is awesome. All right, cool. Thank you. And, and there's a huge shift in the flavor. Like, if you drink uh, the classic Syrah from James Callahan, James Callahan, no, yeah, James Callahan. It'll Next to wrong. one, two, three, four, five, six wines. Yeah. <laughs> and um, blame it on that. The wild Syrah versus the. Classic Syrah. You know, the wild Syrah is done with wild fermented, you know, wild fermented yeast, wild fermented cocoa tea. The classic Syrah is a very, for lack of a better word, academic, <laughs> academic and classical approach to a cocoa tea, you know, with the yeast that are used in the room, the commercial yeast. And they taste very, very different. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, which yeast get different flavor profiles and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my plan for the new year. So anyway, the fancy foreign language blend uh, is 80% Barbera, also from Fort Bowie, and 20% Syrah from Deep Sky. 24.3 uh, bricks on average at harvest. The stemmed but not crushed open top, half ton and three quarter ton bins. Syrah was left 33% whole cluster, and 15% of Barbera juice was blood off for rosé production. Fermented with specially selected yeasts, hand punched three to four times daily. 
Crusted dryness after 10 days skin contact. So same skin contact on the Barbera as yours. Uh, induced malolactic fermentation, so five to six days before barreling. Age 11 months and 25% new French oak. Uh, twice racked, unfined, unfiltered. Tartaric acid is 6.7 grams per liter. pH is 3.69. 55 cases produced. So because of the straw already, we can see that this is darker. Um, almost as dark. Just less rusty. But less like, rustic. Uh-huh. Um, it's almost that same shade as the 2010 Barbara Hosky. Hmm. I'm getting a lot of, well, a little bit, not a lot of, um, <laughs> a little bit of notes that I'm definitely going to find with the Syrah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you should pull out that Syrah. Yeah, the nose is very, very Syrah-sending. Which mm -hmm. just tells you how light the Barbera is. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, really 20%. Really. 20 to, compared to 80 and you're yeah. smelling the 20. Mm -hmm. But I agree. The 20 is very Syrah-sending. Mm -hmm. You haven't seen some yet, but... No. The, the guys will be... You've seen some, right? So the guys are like, this wine smells like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm -hmm. da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Tennis balls and mothballs and <laughs> all these weird new things. Racket, new can of racquetballs. Yeah, new can of racquetballs. Mm -hmm. And... And they're just muttering us back and forth and just... That's what Anthony does like no other. Anthony and Matt, those guys, they all can just like rip them. Jason. Um, they all... Amazing. <laughs> Anthony. Anthony was my friend. Yeah, no, I don't think he did. He um, he used to be the manager at Tarbell's. Okay. The gym at Tarbell's. Now he's the. Um, was he part of the wine? Yes. Tasting that never happened because we went to the wrong place. No, he was okay. already moved by then. Okay. Um, that's different. That's John. Um, no, I know John. Yeah. Um, but no, Anthony now he is the tasting room manager, or whatever runs England and Napa, and yeah. So Anthony and Susan and I think the friends for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Anthony went to, he was at Cave Creek at, um, sorry, can't place it right this second, I'm terrible. And then, um. It's the one. I'm not even She's skinny. Um. They don't have to know that on the podcast. That's true. I'm drinking. Very right. much. You can yeah. edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> edit that out. Or maybe I won't because it's often more fun. <laughs> when I say people are spitting. <laughs> well, uh, I will say to you gals what I've told some people in the tasting room that will get me smacked, uh, probably, uh, when a couple, a, a couple of times a couple is like, do I spit or swallow? My response oh, is... Oh no, 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 don't go there. What? Don't go there. Don't do it. Don't go there. <laughs> I'm a parrot. I'll be honest. My response is memorable. Uh-huh. Let's just leave it there. And then they laugh hysterically and then... Sometimes it's better left unsaid. Yes. Because <laughs> you've already scared me once. When did I do that? When we were... <laughs> when we were talking about a certain person and how she talks a lot. Ah! And then you said something wildly hilarious and inappropriate. Oh, yes! <laughs> Sentiment, but yet no, he his mouth. I was like, wait, who, what? 
did not expect it. Some mental image. Like, I don't think right? you're like the Halo guy. No. But that <laughs> phrase coming out of your mouth freaked me out. <laughs> and rocked my world and not in a good way. Sorry. And, no, it's her. and so I find it hilarious. But I was like, oh my god, I can't believe you just said that. First of all, it's hilarious. And yes, she does. Like, that needs to happen. And just to shut her up. And anyway. <laughs> like, Holy crap, that just came out of Cody. And I'm like, oh, super. You know it must be bad when. Yeah. I really not like her. She's just, just like it. It's so funny. Yeah. Yes. Oh, way nicer than me. So when a comment comes out of him that would be in my head, because I am the asshole. I'm way more of an asshole than you are. Uh, you can ask everyone. Including <laughs> your old boyfriend. <laughs> the Tanat winner. The Tanat winner. <laughs> Touchy feely. Yes. Who's unfriended everyone? I wonder if he unfriended you. I don't know. I don't pay attention. I just know that. I don't know. I should have gone with That was your cue right there. To be or to not to be. I don't even know why I never thought of that. I'm surprised you didn't ever come up with that. I'm surprised I didn't come up with that. Because that's the sort of crazy wine pun I'm normally so keen on. So that's why I won. Because it was to not to be. Well, let me be top strong with you. Zero. But you're going to be three to zero soon. You could meet some at the wine fair and it could be, you know, like three months before I see her again. You could be yeah. have three. You could easily have five dates in three months. Have easily. you met me? Have you really met me? Pulled it off last year. Yeah. That was a fluke. That was crazy. <laughs> so, anyway. Alright. Thanks for foreign language one. Um, you said yours. What, what did you get on that? Do you want to have more, or oh, yes. do you want some more? So now you have to talk about it. Yes. Okay. But again, other than, well, as it's sitting in the glass, some of the Barbera notes are coming out, but it's still very Syrah-heavy. Now, I think the more it hangs out, the more Barbera you get. I think that's kind of true to Barbera, because the more it opens up, the more acid comes out. Mm -hmm. And it's going to, it's going to just take on that. Or when it sits in the glass too, you're going to get more herbaceous. Kind of. Yeah. Well, Pablo is definitely more Barbera than Syrah, though. No, I agree. You smell more Syrah. It's like you get that little, like, hunk. That little hunk of extra spice uh -huh. from the Syrah. Yeah. I like the hand motion with that, by the way. I'm Italian. I have to use my hand. Like, it was like someone like cutting off a piece of something. I was scooping some ice cream. Mm -hmm. ah, it's so or gelato. Because I'm Italian. Ah, gelato. So, so, so good it was that. a hunk. Uh, yeah. Hunk of Because it, it wasn't a huge hunk. It was like the slice of hunk. Gotcha. Mm, slice of hunk. I remember them. They were a good band, too. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> Right now, slice a hunk. <laughs> Sorry, Kimberly. Sorry, Terry. We've already established that you know you're more masculine than I am, so. True. 
I'm the arm wrestle. If we have a relationship, mm -hmm. friendship, relationship, I am the man in the relationship. Oh, gotcha. Because he's sensitive. <laughs> he wears a skirt. There you go, That's Sam. You. There you go, Sam. I do look better in a skirt than Tammy does. Right, poetry, all that crap. No offense. Um, it's okay. It's nothing worse than I've heard from any of my exes. But. Mushy stuff, and I don't do too big of a mush. Mm -hmm. Like, I like a little mush, but like, my mush is, I don't know, take me out to a good dinner, and then be in that jackass with And me. then don't touch you. Yes, don't. And then don't touch you. God damn it. No touching. No touching. Why do people need to touch? Like, in public. Mm -hmm. See, and it, it's more the in public than the in private. In private, I'm totally fine. But in public, I do not need someone at you. Yes. That will be the nice way to say it. And now I'm thinking of how I met your mother caress. Or do you like it when I caress your hair? No. Caress. It depends if you're caress. if you're combing it. I'll be honest, having someone brush hair feels good. No, well, that's just not. That's in public. Yeah, in private. Don't public. So, I don't know. I'm just, I don't do that. That's just weird. And I, it, don't for me. Don't move the wine in your glass and smell it again. Now that it's settled a little bit, what do you do? Ooh. See there? Uh huh. Pulls out a different quality. Yeah, swirl it around. And you'll see that it. The swirling brings out the Syrah. Swirling Syrah. Ooh. That'd be a good name for something. Yeah. I don't know what. But I think I smell Either more Barbera when it's just... Name the puppy. Swirling Syrah. Ooh. Do you want to be Syrah? Jack will be like... No. Durif. Durif. Durif is Petite Syrah. No. But it sounds no. like a manly name. No, it doesn't. You're like, Durif. Uh-huh. <laughs> it sounds like my dog is... Challenged. <laughs> Challenge. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right word because this is going to be public. This <laughs> puppy is way too cute. I, I think his, he's part raccoon, part fox, and part coyote. He's Australian. I need to see if there's an Australian name. I'm not calling him Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. Well, Barbie. Australians are fun of a particular set of words that Dundee. are not useful in public. Call him Dundee. We can call him Dundee, Dundee or Foster. Foster. <laughs> Just kidding. Foster. Australian puppy. <laughs> Actually, Dundee is not a bad name. I think Dundee is a bad name. Dundee. I might need to Google Dundee. Australian saying. My brother named his Australian Shepherd Rue. And that's adorable. That's adorable. Yes, Rue is adorable. Rue was in the closet with us when the tornado hit. And so was so was the, the big German Shepherd. And then Rue, the miniature. The, Medium German Shepherd and then Yeti, the little German Shepherd. Yeah, three dogs in there. Oh wow. Four adults and two kids crammed in the closet when the tornado came by and took the house. Mm -hmm. Picked up the roof and Oz was not in your future. Hmm? Oz was not in your future. <laughs> Almost. Oh you were close. I did get out and start clicking my heels like dang it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh I'm serious. <laughs> So this one's this one's very this the Syrah did wonderful things for the Barbara. Mm -hmm. 
definitely pulled it into a different direction than the Sangiovese and the Sangiovese. Mm -hmm. Those two were just really uncommon to put together, the Barbera and the Sangio, but they were. And, um, yeah, that's, that Evelyn, it really worked. And sometimes it's the weirdest possible ones that work, like, um, have you gotten to taste Brie and Aaron's wines yet? Yeah, I tried a couple. Well, they only have the three items. So I've done two or three, yeah. So I have. the unsanctioned is 50-50, Sangiovese, and Petite Syrah. Wow. And it works beautifully. Wow. wow. And the whole reason that happened was um, they were doing a wine tasting possible and so this is the one they liked best. And it's like, well, what's... That's what I do. What is That's... it? And it's just like, oh, it's 50 Sangiovese. 50 pizza raw, and they're like, what? <laughs> That's uh, so exactly how I feel about the wines. It should be what blends well, what works well, go for it. Yeah, Don't worry, exactly. about, don't worry about what it no. is. But then those others will argue the complete opposite and say, yeah, that's great for you, but you're not the one that's going to buy all the bottles. You want to sell bottles, so you want to make things that people relate with. And I understand that philosophy, yeah. too, but that's why... I think it depends on whether you know, you're doing active tastings, Right. Um, or, or making for the masses. Or making one and for the masses. To the masses. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think distributing to the masses. Even there, so, like, uh, there are times that people will walk up to us at the table and say, you know, do you have a do you have a Cabernet Sauvignon? Yes. I think the masses. Or they'll say, do you have a Syrah? Yes. There you go. And they don't know Barbera, so they don't want to touch that. Yeah. They're starting mm -hmm. to learn it a little bit more. But Which honestly, what I do with the patient, honestly, if someone says. You know, if someone, you know, the patient was like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that, you know, or they'll say, I specifically don't like this grape, and I have them taste them, sometimes I'll sneak it on the flight. I mean, like, I'm not going to tell you what this is, I just want you to taste it. Mm -hmm. I do that with friends with Chardonnay. Chardonnay is a great grape for that. Because oh, they get so if it's not them. California, like, right. California Chardonnay is so buttery and oaky and like, It's burned buttered popcorn. Yeah, yeah. and it's, I and I, I don't even. I call it. And cream corn. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the fan. <laughs> and so then, you know, even going, I made, like, I had a book club and we went to Carlson Creek one time for our book club and they had the Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just try it. Like, just drink it. And yes. just try it. And they were like, oh, this is actually good. I go, yeah, because it's not a California. Like, right. there's a difference yeah, between California Chardonnay. And it's weird. And, and there are some California Chardonnays that aren't like that at all. True. But and then you have Burgundy, which is the home of Chardonnay, which doesn't do it in that no, style at, at all. Yeah, and everyone forgets about it. But I was going to say, but everyone calls that the Chablis. Chablis. Chablis so, or yeah. Montrachet. Or, no, it's yeah. fucking Chardonnay is what yeah. the grape is. But, but yeah, so but people always think of that oaky, buttery Chardonnay, Most pe at least the people that I know, and I'm like, I, was like, I like the grape. I just don't like how it's like made sometimes, mm. you know, mm -hmm. when you come to it and everything. Because everyone's like, oh, I actually don't mind this one. And I was like, yeah, it's it's not the grape you hate, it's the preparation exactly. that you hate. And so, there you go. don't knock the grape. <laughs> Unless there, there is one grape, I will say that it is perfectly okay and acceptable to mock and deride. Okay. Concord. Okay. <laughs> what about Norton? Supposedly good Nortons exist. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, two story times here before we get into 
though a line that almost turned me into a eunuch. Um, <clears throat> story time number one, uh, relating to the Concord quote, uh, my girlfriend has said on record that she feels the only reason that Concord grape exists is so that way those poor heathen Protestants have communion. Because it's all grape juice made from Concord. What, what's Manischewitz? Is that Concord? Mm, yep. Okay, that's what I thought too. Okay. That was also made from Concord. Um, so story time number two. My last mate, one of my last exes, Michelle, who neither of you met. Uh, Mark Barrows met her, and that was a very hilarious moment, actually. Because he was like leaning her, looking at me, like, but you're a monk. How's this? Does the Pope know? Because <laughs> like, he thought you were a real monk. He thought I was a real monk. Uh, no, not 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 real monk. Is the one that is hilarious. Also, not Catholic, so don't give a fuck about the Pope. That's hilarious. Uh, but anyway, she was she is a Norton because she is entirely unplottable and annoying. Mm -hmm. And Norton, both Nortons that I've had have just been unplottable and annoying. Like yeah, they're they're wine. You could drink this, but why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would you date this wine? Why would you date this wine? Type thing. Why would you? Because uh, I was stupid. Okay. He was working for That was before the date? Oh. Or the bed, by the way? That was, yeah. So this is the Salvatore Vineyards Barbera. Um, so basically this is Jason DeMonaco's reserve line. 100% Barbera. Aged on... 10% new French oak for 10 months? Okay, another novice question for the fans, and actually for me too. Uh, <laughs> how do you do 10% new oak? Is there one slat? Or when you say percentages of oak, so there are what two does ways. That actually mean? There are two things. Either you have ten barrels, and one of them is new oak, and then you combine and then you blend them all together, blend. Okay. which is how uh, the Jerome red in the current Passion okay. Cider's tasting room is. It's okay. um, twenty percent new French oak because one out of the five barrels that went into it was okay. New. Considering the cost of barrels that, and okay, how strong they can be, that makes a lot in of my head like percentage. The other way to do it, and I and. The other way to do it, and that's how we did this one, in all honesty, was staves. So you have the staves that yeah. are done in a certain ratio to determine yeah, right. new versus old. Okay. Have been used X number of times, so it's so like, this the is 10% of new. Okay. Okay. Because so. the stave is kind of like one of the staves. Yeah. The stave is the cheap way to get it's your new. The, it's the one yeah. strip mm -hmm. of the barrel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So and I, I knew it wasn't just one strip of the barrel. But if you're doing stairs, it kind of is. When you think of percent, I like, yeah. like I knew that wasn't the real thing, but no. when you say like 10%, but a stave can I go there, and it, it takes on more of a quality than just one thing like that, because, because it's, it's both sides. sides. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it floats around in the middle, yeah. and it does all this, yeah. instead of just like being the side. Uh -huh. yeah. And what I've seen of some of the staves is that some of the staves are like a set of staves that are tied together and you slip them all in and then you literally attack them to the bottom of the cork. Of the bung. Of the cork, yeah. Or the bung of the barrel. Sorry, none of the cork. Hello. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like the cork for a barrel, but... I just want to say bung. <laughs> seven. It's okay, Cody. Seven bung. 
uh, there's still two others that we could have brought in and could still, still tap in. We could still tap into those and see what Pretty Valley does as opposed to. We could. Cheese. I would actually like to, but I don't want to make you open up your bottle if you don't want to. We could see what Barbara does with Merlot with this one. This is true. We can. We could do that one. Actually, but anyway, so this is the one that we keep saying that almost turned me into a eunuch. Yeah. So story time. I don't know. Do I want to hear the story? Sure. It's hilarious. Okay. It actually is hilarious. <laughs> and I like making fun of you, so I'm sure. So yes, this will give you more fodder. Mm -hmm. Gary was here when this happened, I think. So and you can ask Gary for his side of the story too. Oh, and I will. Because <laughs> I'm sure Gary's supposed to come today. He's was, working. but he's working down. Maybe what? So anyway, we are in the process of bottling this wine, okay. and bottom line is all engaged. But uh, for some reason, uh, wine's not getting to the bottling line, and we're trying to figure out what the problem is. And the pump is on like almost full blast, and I'm watching the pressure skyrocket, and they have the controller over there, and they're trying to up the pressure to get it going, and I'm yelling those, turn the pump off! In the middle of that sentence, the hose pops off and hits right here, right next to very sensitive region on my upper, upper thigh. So I'm like, turn the pump off, and then it pops off, and then it hits me. Your hip, just to let you know. What? Your hip? Well, hip and upper thigh. Right at that boundary. And so it hurts. I'm crumpling to the ground going, ah! <laughs> well, meanwhile, the hose of Barbera is going, whoosh! Oh, no! And a case, of, a case of Barbera goes onto the walls and ceiling of the winery. <laughs> oh, They're turning the hose off, and everyone's just cracking up laughing, except for me, <laughs> who's writhing in pain. Are they saying, poor Barbera, <laughs> as you're writhing in pain? Pretty much. Which also, not the Barbera, reminds me of another story about an Italian wine. Um, going back full circle to the start of this conversation when we were talking briefly about Barolo. Um, I have a bottle of Barolo that I bought to age until after my student loans are paid off, so the idea is I'll crack them over. In 30 years? In 30 years. <laughs> but that's the thing, Bar Barolo can't age that long. Oh, yeah. So, I told Jason about this idea that I had, and he's like, dude, that's a great idea, you need to do it. So I go to Total Wine, sit around, talk to the guys, it's like, okay, so I want a Barolo that's going to last probably 30 years, so I can drag open the student loans, that's not going to absolutely shatter my bank, you know, within, you know, a budget of $100. Oh, that's a decent one. You know, so not shitty, but yeah, like good. But not the, yeah. But not like, this is a $1,000 Barolo. Uh -huh. That's a decent you know. price range. At least you ain't going, I would spend 15 bucks on a Barolo. Yeah, they would have fucking laughed. <laughs> well, I know. You better, like, go to fucking Trader Joe's. Well, yeah. And it's My even that it's 20. is $20. <laughs> They'd be like, here's a shitty Barbaresco. No um, way. <laughs> so anyway, I pick it up, uh, drive, start driving back home. I get into a car accident on a, oh. a bad car accident that totals the car. And meanwhile, I'm in Phoenix, so I'm like, shit, I have to get to Jerome for work tomorrow. How is this going to work? So I call my boss. I call Jason. I'm like, 
Hey Jason, I just got in a bad car accident. The Barilla was okay. <laughs> I am okay. The car is total. So the Barilla was like your kid. So the Barilla was like the most important thing. <laughs> that was just hilarious. He just cracked up laughing. So he just cracks up laughing hysterically at, at this. <laughs> and he's like, well, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. But So it became a code for, for you know, if, if there was, like, winery issues or, like, barrels or something going wrong. He's like, the Barolo was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So it, it's still... I'm going to start using you should. Sure? is okay. Like, if the rest of life is completely fucked, but the most important things are okay, it's the Barolo is okay. Yes. I like so, that. so, 2016, in the end, was a the Barolo is okay year. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, so much weird uh -huh. weirdness. It's been a funky year. Yeah. Not to mention everyone. Have you seen the, the video of someone that someone did, like, 2016 as a horror film? Yes, yep. I did see that, and that was amazing. I know, right? They, that was amazing. Guys, they shot a gorilla. Right. <laughs> they shot a gorilla. My best, my favorite best. I have the best months. Everybody says so. That I should have told you that 16 was going to be a little funky. What are you doing, buddy? Chewon. But anyway, you know, I had a, what I thought was going to be the, the woman I would have lived with and and then she just went boom. No. <laughs> no, it was Norn. She was a small blonde. Oh. But, oh, yeah, that's right. Now. And she also had a perfume that smelled like Malvasia, which made it very difficult to drink Malvasia for a while. And then I was like, fuck this shit. I was drinking Malvasia before I even knew this woman. And took my fucking great back. back. <laughs> So anyway, so that, that happened and all these other little things and you know the last final collapse for me of twenty sixteen was the noise, which was the thing that got me started as the wine monk mm -hmm. bolded. Oh really? Yeah, just it's like there's no January show, it's done. It ceased to be, it's pining for the fjords. Just after they're like, Oh, you need to get a nice camera so you can get better photographs and all these things, so I spent three hundred dollars on a new awesome camera. Oh. And it's just like but in the end, that, that's going to open up different ideas and different things that I can do, and, um, and the blog has definitely taken a life of its own, so aside yep. from the, aside from the article uh, series that started it all. But you've been doing that all on your own anyway, Hardly, you? but Honestly. the basis of that whole, the blog was this article series that was once a month. Oh, and that was seventy-five dollars a month steady income. So go. now, I mean, it wasn't enough for anything, but gosh, that was my entire wedding budget for the month. It was great. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, I gotta tweak my budget, and that's gonna piss me off. And <laughs> but I, what I've done um, is I've switched over my blog to its own web host, so I can start doing ads. And what I want to do are ads for local. Arizona businesses oh, there you go. connected to the wine industry. Maybe not not wineries because then someone will look up their review and see an ad for another one and be like, what's this? Why is 
Why is this ad for Erida showing up for my review of uh, the the symphony? I'm going to be a good girl. I'm not saying anything right now. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could see some winemakers doing that, and some because uh, you know it's. Or like, why are you advertising my arch rival? Like, like say, a, a, a an advertisement for Caduceus appears on, on a Glomsky review. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, that, would be. that would be like, the one time they get back together is to chop off my head. <laughs> Probably, but anyway. But the idea is, you know, local restaurants or local restaurants that have a lot of wines or, or urban wine bars like the one you keep talking about, Hops and Vines or Vines and Hops. Vines and Hops. Vines and, and, hops. and I did let them know about the winery, and they know, but... You know, vines and Hops, you know, that would be a great place to be like, okay, you're, you have Arizona right. Wines on it, okay. You know, the steak bar that I was telling you about earlier, right. that would be another great example because, right. you know, they're... Well, that are loosely connected and around it, but you know, and breweries would be or great too. Even like uh, Art of Wine or yeah, places that aren't exclusive to one winery. Correct. But also local restaurants like and beds and breakfasts yeah. and that sort of thing. Or even get like um, even the, the produce and stuff in there then too. Yeah, like, um, the local farms. Yeah, definitely get those in there. That'd be neat too if you could do some writing for even the AZ Actually, I have a few articles in yeah, AZ1. Yeah, I think you did, but there would be if you could do that more regularly, because that would be a great place to put yeah. your stuff in the uh, Actually, I was really, really pleased with uh, the layout uh, of the uh, Geology of Wilcox AVA article yeah. that came out. And that was a fun article to write. Um, a little bit over. On this side of now, go straight towards the tree. To your left. To your left. Back. Nope. Now, now, close to now I don't feel it. Right there. Isn't that about it, right there? No, that looks about it. That's about right there. That was just then a little. Sorry about your podcast. <laughs> this camera's crawling down the floor looking for... It doesn't piss me off too much. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what... what um, Because you're almost... Yeah, just... So uh, 10 to 15% new French oak. I definitely get more oak on this one. That's definitely for sure. No. But the stays do that. But it, yeah, but also it's Other not. Stays on this anyways, no. And it's also not as oak hammering as the Boeger, from what I remember. I mean, it definitely has a more elegant attribute to it. I still wish I could pull off a velvety structure like this very first one. I'm proud they did that. I think it's there. Let it hang out for a few nice. more years. They play Elvis for you. Yes, they do. They only play soft festival music from Italian composers of the Eastern Renaissance. Um, now it's Elvis. You need it could be tomorrow, or it could be maybe the yeast that they're using. Maybe there's, you know, maybe they're... I think they tend to use... But I do wonder, so let's try maybe. yours in six years right. after the date and yeah. see how it's changed them too. Yeah. and see what it does. Yeah. Yeah. Science! Thank you. Just to see if it gets more velvety, you know? I mean, this definitely is not velvety. Um, no, it's a little higher. It's 14.4. Yeah, that's what you And this... This one's straight burger, right? Straight burger. And four booby as well. 14.4. 
Mm-hmm. So. so it's a year after yours, but it's about the same color. I think it's a little darker. Not by much. Yeah, not by much. I think it's getting off really close to the Now that first one, the... Hey, do you still have it in a glass? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's still got that really smooth, just smooth. Velvety smell to it, yeah. And smell and taste. And the acidity is not standing out like it is in all the others. Mm. There's definitely, you know, you can detect the acidity and this one is more mellow. Yeah, this one is definitely more mellow. And this one has a little bit of velvet, but it's not all there. And it's more in the lower part of the palate, and then the acidity cuts through it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, at least for being almost turned into a eunuch by one, this is this is a, a piece <laughs> of one to happen with. Sure, silver lining. Silver lining. Yeah, 2016 is a weird year, and I'm glad it's gone, because there have been, you know, health scares in the family, and breakups from hell, and abandonment, literally, from, you know, it's like, you know, a week and a half later, but, you know, good things like Elizabeth, Bess, uh, her getting back in contact with me. Uh, because I never got to tell that story, and yeah, now I'm going to. Hitchhiker's got 
Guide to the Galaxy and something else, I think. Very vague memories of this conversation. I don't remember it in detail. Again, unfortunately, wine isn't involved. Um, and then I look over, and then I see that her sister is just giving me, like, the death glare to end all death glares. Like, if her eyes could shoot laser beams, I would be a pile of dust. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, and I'm terrified. I'm just like, um, I gotta go, I'm sorry, it was nice to meet you, sorry, bye. <laughs> Didn't even get her name. Because that's how terrified this, how okay. terrifying this look was. Because I was like, oh, what's your name? Oh, you know, can I get your number so I can give you, you know, a call, you know, later. Second time, uh, which is either later that semester or the next semester or the next year. Uh, my memory, again, it's so vague. Um, in seminary, for me, it was a very horrible experience in a lot of ways, so I blocked out some of it just because it was so crappy, um, which is neither here nor there. So she's there in the bookstore again, and it's like, oh, well, are you coming to karaoke night tonight? Because there was a karaoke night on campus. And she's like, yeah, I'll be there. So, okay, cool, I'll see you there. So we start talking and hanging out, and we decide that we need to do a duet just for shiggles. And because also I need to see just how weird this woman is, if she's going to you know, be able to put up with me <laughs> in the long term. So it's this like... Is new oh, okay. So, so anyway, it's like, oh, okay. Um, well, what's your opinion of Tom Lehrer? Oh, I love Tom Lehrer. Uh, great, we should see if they have any Tom Lehrer on that. And Tom Lehrer, for the record, is basically the 1950s and 1960s Weird Al Yankovic, uh, for those who don't know. <laughs> uh, did a lot of crazy weird songs and parody songs. Uh, his most famous, other than the one that we sang, is uh, Be Prepared and We'll All Go Together When We Go. And the Elements song. <laughs> where he sung all the elements to, oh, the, yeah. tune, to okay. the tune of um, Very Modern Major General. Um, <laughs> so, so, what song did you guys sing? So, we decided to sing together Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. Um, <laughs> it's not against any religion to want to dispose of a pigeon. So if someday you're free, why don't you join my sweetheart and me as we poison the pigeons in the park? And so on and so forth. <laughs> We've caused much no anxiety and something something notoriety in the Audubon Society with our games. They call it impiety, a lack of variety, and quite a variety of unpleasant names. And, and just... Weirdness. And so she's like, I love that song! <laughs> so we sing it as a duet, and we're, we're again hitting it off. And I'm about to, you know, ask her number, ask for a number, ask her out, whatever. Again, look over and I see the death stare. And I'm just, I, I, I chicken out and, and make my excuses and then run away. And then I couldn't find her because I couldn't remember her name or her last name, and so I couldn't find her on Facebook or anything to try and sneak around uh, and not face the stare of death. Um, and so four, year, four or five years pass, uh, just before the, the care apocalypse happened. Um, I, she suddenly friends me out of the blue on Facebook. I'm like, I know this name. Where do I know? Oh, holy shit. And the first thought that comes to my mind is the death stare. <laughs> still remembered, still terrified after five years. 
So, Catherine, if you're listening, your 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 death stare pretty much worked. It delayed. <laughs> um, I still have nightmares about that stare, by the way. <laughs> still. Um, so we just start talking. You know, I'm with the woman I'm with at the time. She's with another guy at the time. So it's just like kind of a reacquaintance, and then the the car the the apocalypse happens for me. Which was just absolutely devastating. I mean, it happened just before my birthday too. So it was the worst birthday. I was sober for about a week. Didn't drink anyone because wine makes me happy. Why should I be happy now? <laughs> so yeah. And then you were not sober around your birthday too. <laughs> because because a friend of mine actually came to Jerome. And specifically, like, dragged me to the Fourth of July. The Fourth of July, and started drinking. To like, you need to drink because drinking makes you happy, and you need to be happy right now. You need to stop focusing on this bitch <laughs> that that's trying to destroy you. But her perfume. I don't care if the perfume smells like Malvasia, Cody. You need to drink. Suck it up, buttercup. Suck it up. You knew Malvasia before you knew this woman. Oh, 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 okay. It still was about a month before I got to Malvasi again, but still. And so then, and then also a week down in, in Wilcox in the vineyards, hanging out with Gary really also helped clear a lot of that up. <laughs> but anyway, and then her relationship fails, and she's like, yeah, I kind of saw this coming because he was Catholic and I'm Orthodox, and he has a completely different idea of blah, 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 and of theology and what it means to actually be a Christian and whatever, and then... We started growing closer together, and then we had that conversation and decided, okay, we'll try it. So, here it's now three, yeah, three months later, because it was September, when, when we finally decided to, okay, let's stop dancing around this and figure out whether we want to date or not. And it's all been on Skype? Uh, yeah, we've had, we do a Skype date like twice a week. Yeah. And watch movies on Netflix while Skyping. So it's the lamest Netflix and show ever, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still. But it's also a very You're chaste. You're not touching, so that is exactly. <laughs> right? Well, that's exactly how you like to date. <laughs> Sounds like perfection to me. <laughs> when I need a guy in Switzerland. You should totally look at the one this Now, in private, I like the touching. It's just in public. You do not need someone rubbing my ass in front of people while we're watching Princess Bride. <laughs> I like the Princess Bride. I do too. Well, I, I guess you know you didn't. Do, I guess you didn't do as you wish. No. Ah. <laughs> no, he did not. That's funny. Also, that's uh, funny. A plus for the, the second up our cup that reference. Way. Thank you. I also have once described how Lena's has rodents of unusual size to me. Yeah. They are. They, they really have are. Have you seen them? Yes. Have you seen the movie? They're just like mini versions. Yeah. Until you hit them on the road outside of Wilco. Because they're all freaking muscle and they, yeah. just, they just total your car. It's called steroids. Actually, luckily, we have a truck. And we hit it after a day of wine tasting with Tom McLaughlin and Sam Pillsbury. Two different places, two different long names. Yeah. 
giant great kiva of Chetro, of um, Chetro Kettle? Chetro Kettle, I think is the name of it. No. Casa Rinconada? No, that's a different one. Anyway, it's the big kiva that's on the other side of the canyon from Pueblo Benito. And it was high, it was solar noon, and we heard a conch shell trumpet coming out of the kiva. And there was no one there, because this was July 2nd, middle of summer in New Mexico with no shade. So we were the only ones crazy enough to be out there. Yeah. There's no speakers, no electronics, no nothing inside the kiva. It just came, the sound came out of the kiva. Mm -hmm. wow. And we'd look at each other like, hmm. let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> broad daylight, let's go. Yeah. And so that was a broad daylight weird experience wow. that I couldn't explain. Wow. I did stay at the hotel on the hill um, in Jerome. The yeah. Grand. Okay. The Grand. Um, the first time I stayed there in Jerome, um, actually the day that I met Bonsky, I stayed at the Connor. And uh, nothing happened at the Connor. But the Grand Hotel did hear activity in the Yeah. Room. Yeah. And it, you know what? The weirdest thing was that I was not scared. If anything, I was, the, I was more relaxed than I've ever been. It was so weird. Yeah. yeah. I thought I was going to just get it out of my mind, but I really wasn't. I was just, I had the overwhelming sense of just relaxed. It was very weird. I guess. That there was definitely activity in that room that night. <laughs> From a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Kaisa. Um, Kaisa. 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 It just, it's almost. Kaisa. Where you say it like German, where you say every syllable. Kaisa. Anyway, the Kaisa reminds me, I think, out of these, oddly enough, more like the first. Yeah. Because then Merlot Because then Merlot is giving it that velvety texture. Yeah. Which makes me now wonder, because in... Italy, you don't need to in say... In Italy, you don't need to say percentages or anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could be... This could maybe be a case of Italy. It is it could, an Italian case. It oh. could be a blend of Barbera and Merlot, or oh, Barbera yeah. and something else, or Barbera and Lacrima. Yeah, I was going to say. Or Barbera and Dolcetto. Or even, uh, that one almost even had a Mouvet um, kind of feel to it. No, that anyone was brewing Mouvet in the Piedmont, though. No, but I mean, it kind of had that yeah. weirdish. But it's a DOC, so it can't be. It can't be Mouvedra. Because you have to have, right. but in DOC they usually have rules on what you can blend with it. Exactly. And I'm wondering if we should. But look if up, it's not a peed. If we should look up uh, the rules, like if, if it is a Barbera de Asti, does it have to be 100 percent Barbera? For the DOC, do you have DOC rules? You, no. Okay. Yeah, that it, that would be a. Well, this is a DOC G, I think. Is it? G? Yeah, DOCG. This one is a DOCG. This one is G. Both of these are. Oh. Yeah. And I think that's Aussie is a DOCG region. But does it have to be 100% Barbera? That's what I That's the question. Like, can I blend in 25% Lacrima, which is another big common grape in northern Italy, that now that I'm thinking and remembering the Lacrima that I've had, there are some characteristics that are crossing over. With Merlot? With Merlot and with this one. <laughs> 
And so I'm wondering if that's yeah. the case. Now, I don't know because I'm not a psalm. I'm not a sommelier. I wish that Anthony or Jason or Matt or even Tim were here. Yeah, so it's one thing that I don't know, but I would be very interested in finding out because I know Chianti, according to certain rules, mm -hmm. yeah, is 85% or 90% whatever, Sangiorese and 5% or 10% Cab Franc or Merlot or Cabasov or Colorino. Which one of the most interesting Italian wines I've ever had was 100% Colorino, and that was interesting because. Okay, so here it says. Anywhere in Arizona. Yeah. Where? Wilcox. 
Wilcox? Yeah, what yeah. part of Wilcox? Um, right, right near where Sam's is. Um, right in that. So that uh, Rob's Row bench Rob's area. Row, Bennett, yeah. Um, yeah, right in the Wilcox bench. Okay. Yeah. Kevin, what about you? I. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like the Wilcox area. I like the Wilcox grapes. Yeah, the Wilcox grapes and what that soil does and, and really yeah. makes them. Um, Pull out that structure. Mm -hmm. Now, Samoyed is much prettier to look at. And, <laughs> and, and they would be my number two. Samoyed so wines are interesting because there's a lot of little bit of tangerine, citrus notes they get and everything. And I think that's the distinctive tour feature of Samoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Verde Valley, I, I haven't quite pieced it together yet, mostly because the geology and climate of the Verde is so freaking varied. Yeah. That there's so many different microclimates, hard no. to No, and I know Wilcox is the bigger, and that's where yeah. most of the Arizona grapes come from. And I appreciate that, but when you taste it, too, like if you taste the different regions, I do gravitate towards the Wilcox grape. Like, no matter what, no matter what vineyard, no matter what, you know, winemaker, right. no matter what, like when you think about it, yeah. you know, the winemaker does make or break. The vineyard. Yeah. The, 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 the point, we have three different Arizona Barberas with Barberas in the same vineyard yeah. that are all different approaches. That's true. True. That's very true. No. Yeah, true. And that's they're all good. Cool. But I think that the Wilcox grape, and I know it's the majority yeah. of the grape in, you know, the state, but it does, I don't know, it has that, it has what it, I think it needs. Right. You know? And, you know, when you do... That's what we brainwashed you. Yes. Brainwashed me. Stalker knows what to say. No. But, no, I do. And I do know that the winemaker has a lot to do with it. Because, I don't know if I've told the story. Well, I don't know if I've told it on the podcast. But, last year, I took someone up, like, to the Verde Valley... Because they had not done, like, Arizona wine yet. And I was like, well, I'm going if you want to go with me. Like, I'm going whether you want to go with me or not. But feel free to, like, tag along. So I took them up there. And so we did, like, Jerome and, you know, Cottonwood and everything like that. And so we went up to, like, Caduceus. And we are doing the Merkin versus Caduceus flights and everything. Mm -hmm. And both were good. And both of us at the end were like, this Merkin one was, like, really good. And we really liked it. And then we went, of course, to Tumbleweed, you know, afterwards. And so we were talking to, like, Chris. And I was like, yeah, well, we've been to this place and this place and this place. And we really liked, like, the Merkin wine. For, and I was like, and it wasn't even price point-wise. It was just, like, taste-wise. Taste yeah. It was our taste. It was our yeah. thing. And she was like, well, if it's 13 or younger or older, it was, well, it was Joe Bouchard. Right. That did it. Exactly. And so I was like, no wonder. And sure enough, because we, we bought a bottle, and I looked at it, and it said Jay Bouchard on the back. And I was like, so a winemaker, I think, does yeah. also count for things. Because I didn't even, like, like, I knew, yeah, exactly. It's mm -hmm. total chef chefy. Chef yes. Because I didn't even know at the time. Like, I knew I liked tumbleweed and, you know, yeah. things like that. But I didn't know at the time, like, everyone's CV, as yeah. we say, in like the legal industry. Like, I didn't know everyone's background on where they worked and what they did. Right. And, you know, things like that. 
So it was a shock, but kind of cool to see that I like someone's style. Yeah. More than just the name or the vineyard or exactly. that. Because that made me go, oh, then I think I like his winemaking style more than anything. Because, you know, that just kind of showed me a different way to look at things, yeah. too. And I was like, so I'm kind of stalking him without knowing it. Yeah. You know, I'm the number one stalker. Yeah. Uh, because I was like, I really like this. And not until I got it home and I saw his name on the back where I was like, oh, crap. Like, dun, dun, dun. he did do this and I liked it. And, you know, so it was kind That's of just funny. a cool. Yeah, a cool connection. Like, awesome. yeah, way to think of it. About, it's not just the grape, it's the winemaker, it's the everything. Right. Very awesome. Yeah. Cody's done No, I'm, I'm thinking. Thinking. So for me, for what it's worth, um, my favorites, by the way, are Hail to the Queen, uh, the Italian 2010, and uh, I, I've got to give my uh, my loss some credit too. I really do dig the uh, Salvatore Barbera. There's a lot of complexity there. It's the closest to the Arizona. Full Barbaras have come, I think, to the velvety quality uh, of the uh, Ashley, although as we were discussing, maybe it's 15% a little blended into that, right. which actually makes a lot of sense, because the Caissa has that same velvety quality. I'm drinking them side by side here, but anyway, mm. Dream Vineyard Spot, however, is not Wilcox. Um, believe it or not. It's an area that actually has no... I love Wilcox. Um, I also love Sonoida. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I would love to end up in either place one day, especially Sonoida, uh, just because it's... It's pretty. It's pretty, and it is a more happening place right now. Uh, oh, yes, we'll get there. Wilcox will we'll get there. It's, it's in town. What? Rapey Wilcox. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of... Yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> I would love to see a vineyard planted or plant one myself right at Ormonduvis Road. Oh, yeah, uh, you've said that I, I've said that before. I've said that before because of your very first one, Fallout Ormondugas. Um, but also, if you actually drive in about seven miles in on Ormondugas Road, uh, on the Ducas side, there's this beautiful hillside facing south over next to a plain with a stream that has water nine months out of the year. So you know the water table is pretty high. Yeah. So you can sink a well in there, grow on that south-facing hillside, and mm -hmm. grow some stuff down well, below. The hillside would be amazing anyway. So. It's rich volcanic soil with a little bit of uh, limestone and scoria. Wow. So it would be different than anywhere else where the soil is where anyone else is growing. So it would be different unique to bar, different yeah. unique landscape. And just every time I drive, you know, putzing through that road just for shiggles when I'm bored on a day off, trying to find a good place for wine photography. Because, um, you know, I've got a damn nice camera now, I might as well, you know, get my money's worth for it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but every time I see that hillside, I'm like, man, that just needs a vineyard on it. I'm not sure what I would plant at that site offhand. I need more time to look at weather and stuff. But I think I would, well, obviously, I'll see it. I wonder if the sumpers would be too hot there. It's a little lower than 
But is that that much lower? No, it's not that much lower than Wilcox at all. It's about 3,000. Yeah. 3,000 feet, which is only 400 feet lower than Wilcox is. And it's higher elevation than some of the vineyards at the bottom of the Hurry Valley. Yeah. You know? But, you know, grow some hybrid varietals that no one else is growing down in the flat, um, like Baco Noir. I say, good luck finding one that McLaughlin's not doing. <laughs> He's not doing Baco Noir. There you go. He's not doing really any of the American hybrid varietals. There you go. Um, but Baco Noir has produced some good wines I've tasted from Canada. I would probably plant some Val Blanc just despite the Carapocalypse. <laughs> um, as a nice little screw you. As a therapy. Yeah. It's like I'm going to prune you to pieces. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, and a few other colder weather varietals like Kerner, uh, which is this German varietal I've really been into lately. You've probably never heard of it, so no. I don't know if you did answer that. <laughs> Kerner, it's a, new, it's a new grape from I've probably never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I like Saku. I have a beard. I have a beard. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think uh, some of the colder weather German varietals like Gruner Veltliner I could probably get away with there. I like that one. You know, do some weird, cool stuff down the bottom that we'll be able to deal with the frost, as well as Roussan down there, because Roussan sleeps until freaking June anyway. And it's not because that's pretty really? Oh, Sleep till June? Well, I'm quoting Jeff Hendricks' exaggeration here. But it is one of the latest budding varietals. Yeah. Huh. So it sleeps essentially through almost all of your risk of frost. And comes out at the very end of May, more or less. Yeah, and then on the hillside, we grow Tempranillo, I think. Tempranillo, and, and of course, Mortonaut, and Malvasia, and a few other things. And I would try Sangiovese there. I don't think it would do terribly well at that I side. Don't know if <coughs> but I would, I would try, try it. If I don't like it, I graft it to something else. And I'd also put Sagrantino and Ionica there, because Ionica, from what I hear, loves volcanic soil, uh, as well as Cote de Volpa. Which is an Italian bro that's grown only on Mount Vesuvius. Oh, oh, fun. So, I want some of that one. I bet Sorrel would do well. Sorrel would probably do well. Um, they usually have a tall one. Look for Lacrima yeah. Christi, the white. The white Lacrima Christi is Cody de Volpa. Okay. I will. Or Cody de Volpe. Tail of the fox. No, he's hungry. I don't know. He really wants my. Well, I think he just wants. I fed him plenty. <laughs> he's he's just hungry. Nothing. He is, a little. Do you want a little But anyway, on that note, we should probably get ready to uh, put in the movie and drink more wine. Um, I did bring, by the way, for uh, New Year's Eve, or New Year's toasting, a sparkling dolcetto. Ah. From, uh, admittedly from California. Um, a, it was in my stash already being the closest thing I would be able to find to a sparkling uh, Barbera. Wait. That's the dog eating. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Uh, would have been a uh, Brachetto d'Aqui, but those are really hard to find dry. We can do uh, Midwest New Year's if you need to leave. We can do Midwest, yeah. In a few minutes. So that you can join. Happy yeah. I'm not sure if she'll be able to... Are you going to do this? I don't know. I'm waiting for us to call. Okay. So we can always do Midwest in like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And just in case, 
Well, in that case, let's bring out the sparkling dolcetto. <laughs> on that note, Aaron. On that note, sparkling dolcetto time! And good night. Uh, happy, <laughs> new happy New Year! Sir. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! May your year be much better than 2016 was for you, whether it was a good year or a bad year. Actually, for you? just sit down and think for a minute of all the amazing things that did happen in 2016, even though, you know, there was a lot of crazy things. There was a lot of good things, a lot like of crazy things that happened running the best, becoming yeah. essentially best friends with Rose down in Wilcox is another, or not Wilcox, so Sonoya is another great thing. Like us drinking right now. Yes. And on that note, guys, Happy New Year. Cheers. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.